Wildfire Podcast is an extension of Wildfire Ministries, an organisation that has a focus of igniting men and women of God into a deeper discipleship with Christ, instilling them with a passion to radically and relentlessly pursue Christ wherever that leads, that God's truth will spread like a wildfire. Hey guys, and welcome to another podcast. I'm Nick Taylor and I'm with... Pedro Wright. Pedro Wright. Never say that again. It's Peter. Peter Wright. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> and uh, so, Peter, just a, just a nice quiet question for you. Just something like to start off. How do you respond when you sin? What is your feeling toward it? Well, I've, I've grown to hate it. <laughs> um, this, yes. Yes. Uh, I'd say the more, the more I think about it, the more I hate it. Um, essentially and I think the more you see how holy God is the more you hate it so I just finished listening to a series of podcasts in Leviticus and it spends a lot of time portraying how holy God is so after that every time I sit I'm like yeah that's yeah that'll do it that'll do it yeah when uh, there's a couple of priests who literally die from bringing unholy fire into the tabernacle whatever that means but um, that's all they do and they die for it so just shows how holy God is and how impure how unclean I am I guess whenever I sin yeah I completely I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same. I guess what you said there was beautiful. The more you're exposed to Christ, the more light, the more light that's shown, the more darkness that, that is revealed. And that's present in my own life. And I absolutely despise it, honestly. Oh, okay. So we're going to move on. <laughs> and, <laughs> from, <laughs> and from that, we can take a little insight of what we're going to talk about in this podcast, which is, is all sin the same? Is all sin equal? It's something we've been asked. It's something I've been asked. Uh, and it was stimulated uh, when a person, uh, basically I heard a person talking and they were saying, oh, we've all got a past and we all, we're all sinners, but don't worry, don't worry. I wasn't a drug addict or I wasn't an alcohol, uh, an alcoholic, I wasn't alcohol, <laughs> I wasn't an alcoholic or I wasn't so-and-so. And there was just a very, a very quick moment to diminish their sin or to run from it. Um, or to place other sins higher than others. And so what we're going to address is, can you say something like that? Is that actually wrong or is that right? Okay, is that perfectly logical and biblical? Can you say your sin is not as bad as theirs? Uh, if true, should that give you comfort? Should you start getting comfort by looking at other people and saying, well, their sin's greater than mine, so uh, that gives me a level of solace? Or is all sin evil and should it be responded in the exact same way? These are questions that we're going to ask ourselves and answer. The breakdown of this podcast will be in four, because this is the best way we think uh, that we can address this this question. And it's going to be justice and society, justice and God, justice and self, justice and others. So how is justice, how is sin, um, how do we deal with that in these four different areas? And uh, that should then give us the answer to all these questions. Okay, so Peter, justice and society. Talk us through that. I'm glad I get to talk about this one because I get to talk a lot about my favourite part of the Bible, the Hebrew Bible. <laughs> um, so, and again, I've, I've just finished uh, listening to podcasts in Leviticus, which is quite interesting. Um, so, kind of leading into that, the Torah, or the law, talks a lot about how Israel's government is formed. So, um, this is obviously justice in society. So, society is stems from the government. That's the over, overriding body of society. Um, so, in, in the Old Testament or Hebrew Bible, we can see it. Israel is meant to function as a theocracy with different branches of government, um, such as, um, or different branches of law, even cer ceremonial law, um, which talks a lot about Leviticus, um, civil law, um, how different interactions are with, between people are judged, moral law, um, such as murder, uh, and then 
how um yeah so those are the three main and then we actually get our branches of government from especially in america there's three different branches of government um there's the white house um this i think it's the senate and also the supreme court mm-hmm. those are the three different branches and that actually stems from ancient israel where they had the priesthood the king and um the, also the judges as well so there's three different branches awesome. so even back then that's how they developed their government structure um and that's how it worked in the Old Testament, it was theocracy. But then in the New Testament, we can see um, we're not under the law of the old, but of the new. Um, so we take the principles of the old and apply them to our days, our lives today. And it's kind of the moral law. It still applies, but not civil or ceremonial. Um, but they're, st- again, still important because we can understand how God was treated from these ancient, uh, how, the, how God was treated in this context in ancient Israel and how that can still apply to us today. And we talked about that. We talked about the emphasis on the importance of the Old Testament. I shouldn't just be, you know what I mean? Oh, we're not under love of the of the old? Okay, then. Okay, bye. <laughs> no, that's not what we mean. Check other earlier podcasts on that. Sorry, yeah. Peter. Go. No, that's, that's a good point to emphasize. Um, but, like, obviously you've got moral law, which is thou shalt not murder. And I hope everyone who's listening still thinks that's applicable today. And um, that's an example of moral law. But then you get civil, which is, like, in ancient Israel, that was punishable by death, which here in Northern Ireland, that's not the case. Um, so that's how our government would differ from then. And it's not our job as Christians to um, kind of emphasize that um, because we have a separation of church and state now. Um, and even Jesus says, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. So he kind of, Jesus himself is talking about how the church is separate from the state. Um, and Paul talks about in Romans 13, respect the governing authorities. Um, and those who, and when God's law is being broken, um, God's law supersedes any governmental law. So what would an example of that be? Look. So it's this idea, for example, the most obvious example is going history. Um, you got the Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, uh, how they were going to execute over 6 million Jews. Um, you don't respect the governing authorities there because God's law supersedes that. And so you, you show your opposition. And then, of course, there's a different debate as, as to how you show that opposition. But opposition should be shown uh, because God law is God's law is supreme and supersedes that. Yeah. Um, so again, we can see all these principles um, of how certain Old Testament principles in terms of sin and moral law last today and how these other um, mm-hmm. different ceremonial and civil are applied today and how we're under the new covenant and the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how the government and the church deals with sin. Um, there are other references for this so um, and how we deal with it. So First Thessalonians 5 says, and everything in prayer and supplication and um, Proverbs 2 6 the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding so we need to look at the Bible to get our basis of morality yeah isn't mm-hmm. that what those verses are saying? yeah of course so you're emphasizing the importance of uh, what the Old Testament is saying with regards to church and state and how they're one the theocracy and then you're also emphasizing in the New Testament how there is uh, a new uh, a separation of church and state that is clearly emphasized by the the passages highlighted um, and so from that we can understand the moral law that transcends uh, we can establish biblical principles and take those and apply them to day-to-day life as to how we execute justice within our society um, but again, these are principles, so they're not just, you, you can't go to the Bible and say, this is exactly how our government should be run today, uh, and just give a, a list. It requires wisdom, it requires discernment, it requires prayer, uh, and that's what those passages we're talking about, as Peter highlighted about, in everything and prayer and supplication, and for the Lord gives wisdom and knowledge. So, you know, using God's word, using prayer and knowledge and the Holy Spirit, 
we can get a firm basis as to what the judicial system should be in society and how how sin should be dealt with in society and the judicial system. So uh, in, in that regard, uh, much of the morality should be governed by the church. And what I mean by that is uh, lust. Uh, whenever you look upon a woman with lust, I don't think there should be lust police who monitors that and then arrests you or imprisons. To me, that's, <laughs> that is too much. Again, that's something that, that's an exaggerated example of how something, something should be dealt with the church and not by the state. And uh, what, what are examples of how the state should intervene? The state takes over in regards to murder, stealing, or if that lust takes it too, takes too far into rape. In some situations, mm-hmm. that's when the state sets, sets, yeah. steps in. Uh-huh. And again, you can you can see how these are interacted with in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and then you can uh, see through prayer and wisdom and discernment how we come and formulate our own conclusions uh, on that. So that's justice and society. Uh, so what about justice and God? How do we how do we as Christians interact with God, and how does our sin? Look in God's eyes. Yeah, so we've established justice in society. So what's the second? How, how, is, how is sin dealt with by God? Um, well, well, whenever we read in the Old Testament, we read of Sheol. And that's the, the Hebrew for the Greek, which is Hades, um, which is basically the bottomless pit. Um, or this uh, darkness, you can read about it with the rich man uh, and Lazarus. And how there's different levels of judgment that it, that is given in, in, within that. And then also in Gehenna, or which is the Hebrew for the Greek, which is hell, which is the, the lake of fire. And uh, there's different levels of judgment that are present within that there. And then you've also got the Bema seat and how, which is 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ and receive according to what we have done. Okay, so the Greek is is Bemeda. Uh, it was elevated place in Jewish times and that's where God would be seated and how he's going to judge us on what we have done. Okay, so there's different levels of, of rewards that are given. So different levels of judgment, different levels of rewards. Again, the, there's a pattern and a theme emerging here. And then we see the opposite judgment, which is the great white throne, which is for those who are not saved, the, the, the goats as they're referred to. Uh, and how in Revelation 20, it talks about judgment being bestowed on these on on these peoples and different levels again uh, according to what they have done okay and we can read about loads of other passages in this Luke 12 47 um, and a servant who knows what the master wants but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions will be severely punished but someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly so again we see a differentiation here about someone who does know will get punished more and someone who doesn't know uh, will get punished lightly. Again, differentiations in punishment. Again, emphasizing these different levels and how sin is dealt with differently and ex- and justice is executed differently by God. It sounds like that's an example from the Proverbs. So could that not just be like a wee reference Jesus has to a proverb? He's just using it as an example. Like, is that not what that is, Look, Or are there other examples of, of this being... Uh, no, no, no. So again, you, you, you could align it with that and talk about principles, but this is backed up by so many other scriptures. Again, the preceding ones we just talked about with regards to God and his justice, uh, God and his justice, the great white throne, the Bema seat. But all their passages that appear is John 19, verse 11. The one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. They're talking about Judas? Yes. Yeah. So that's that, that's that done. 
the greater sin. There is a sin that is greater. There is greater sins than others. Again, they're showing these differentiation in, uh, in levels. So the, the previous passages and that passage, and then you've got James chapter three, verse one, those who teach will be judged more strictly. Again, talking about shepherds and talking about uh, people in ministerial roles or people who are teaching, how they're going to be held into a higher account. You've got Mark 12, how the Pharisees will be judged more severely. Uh, you've got the teaching of the unforgivable sin, how there's a sin that is unforgivable. Uh, again, to put people at ease, if you're feeling guilty about that, then it most likely means that you have not committed uh, the unforgivable sin. And then even, even in terms of your actual conscience, someone who steals a pencil and someone who murders someone like John Wick with that pencil, <laughs> they deserve different punishments. Like that's... It's, it doesn't take too much common sense to realize that different people who do different things deserve different punishments. That's how we, even from an earthly lens, that's how we view things. Yeah, so the common sense has been given to us by God to reaffirm things. Now, that doesn't mean you just need your common sense. Common sense should be used and should be aligned and reaffirmed and backed by God's word. Um, so that's a perfect example by Peter and a little John Wick reference thrown in. <laughs> um, okay, but what is important to understand in all of this, so we've highlighted how justice and sin should be dealt with differently in society, how justice is uh, and sin is de- dealt differently uh, with regards to God, but we need to understand that this does not give us a license to compare. Matthew 7 talks about why look at the speck in someone else's eye whenever you've got a log in your own. Okay, which is sort of a segue into what we're going to talk about next. But there needs to be an emphasis on reaffirming this. That this does not mean you can just go and start comparing your sins to other people. That is not what is being said. This is talking about uh, judgment as it pertains specifically to God. Okay, but Peter, justice and self, talk us a little bit more about about that now. Talk about how we deal with it personally. Yeah. So you have to understand that we all have sin. Adam fell, and we we all as in Adam fell, um, and Romans three talks about for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, there Romans three again says there is no one good, no not one. Isaiah sixty five says all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. So even again back to the holiness of God, God is so holy. Things that we perceive as righteous, he they're nothing to him. They're completely worthless. Um, to him so all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god um so all of us then need saved we can't we can't be liberated from our sin because like this verse isaiah says even the good things we do don't outweigh the bad yeah. that's impossible mm-hmm. um so we all need to be saved and the, the re- we know this from the bible and we know how we're saved because that's the central message of the bible and um, first corinthians 5 says he who knew no sin became sin um, and that's of course talking about Christ Jesus. And Romans 5 talks, says that we can be justified in Christ. Um, probably the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16. Mm. Um, that God died for the, the whole world. Yeah. And that's why that's why the Father sent the Son. Mm-hmm. So that, that there passage blows my mind as well. In 1 Corinthians 5, about he who knew no sin, that is Jesus, became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God we might become pillars of righteousness. Okay, so again, just emphasizing that. I just wanted to say how beautiful that was. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> That's, that was um, but before we can even begin to see what life past sin looks like, we need to accept that we all have sin. And the only way to be, be saved from this sin and from the judgment is through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, thanking him for his sacrifice on the cross um, and having faith in the grace that we have from the sacrifice. Um, but once once you have that grace and that 
faith in the one who died for us, then you can start to look at how to get rid of this in your life. This is a process called sanctification. Um, so Romans 5 treats this as an ongoing process, which it obviously is. No one, yeah. <laughs> as soon as you become a Christian, you're not immediately perfect. That's obviously the case. And Romans 8 um, talks about being conformed to the image of Christ. Um, quite Most of the New Testament, I would say, actually talks about this issue. Once you're saved, that's yeah. the process of becoming yeah. sanctified. Like what is tied into salvation is sanctification. So salvation not only secures our eternal uh, security, uh, but also our daily sanctification, that is God's grace needed for our lives every single day. So what we're emphasizing there with regards to justice and self and paired with justice with God. So there's justice that specifically is is down to God and God alone. And that is for him um, to judge and for him to act. And then Matthew 7 reaffirmed that about the speck. And then justice with self is how we deal with our sin. We need to understand the gravity of our sin and how corrupt and disgusting we actually are with every act that we do and how we need uh, to repent of that and experience salvation. And how as believers, if we do sin and fall short of God's glory, which we do, how we need to be conformed to the image of Christ daily and how we need his grace. And what we're trying to emphasize is that is your mindset or perspective towards the sin that is in your life. Not his sin is greater than my sin, okay? So it's by understanding theologically, uh, but understanding on a personal level how the Bible and how grace and mercy should be applied. And Romans 7 uh, talks about how we need to have hatred and enmity uh, towards our sin and how we need to store the word of God in our hearts as 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 the Psalms teaches repetitively over and over again. So then how can we deal with sin in regards to other people how do we interact with others yeah so um as we've established throughout the uh this podcast is uh is also in the same and we've talked about how sin uh, with regards to the judicial system is different uh and how we function with regards to that use the old testament new testament in our own prayer and discernment uh, we've talked about justice and god and how god deals with sin uh and the different levels and then we've talked about justice and self and how we deal with our sin and understand that we need to have hatred towards that but justice and others how do we deal with that there well all sin results in us seeking independence from god because sin is something that is not of God, because God is everything that is good and sin is everything that is evil. So whenever I sin, I am ultimately seeking independence from God. I'm saying, God, I don't need you. And that's ultimately what, what, what it is. We are, we are seeking our own independence. And then point number two of this is that there are implications and effects of sin. There are greater implications and effects to other sins. And this is self-evident with regards to Peter. And Judas, Peter, uh, rejected Jesus three times and how this was prophesied by Jesus, yet he was reconciled uh, and forgiven. Yet we see with regards to Judas, Jesus' teaching that said that it would be better for this man that he was never born. Okay, so we see these these sins and the implications and effect of one sin over the other. Peter, can you think of other examples where there is greater implications and effects of, of, of some sins over others? So in terms of consequences? Yes. Okay, so consequences of sin. Um, well, for example, lust. Um, so if you lust after a woman with your heart, that's a one. It's kind of, obviously there are consequences because if you develop that into a pattern, yes. that's going to not, not be great mm -hmm. um, uh, because your mind will constantly be dwelling on that. Um, but then it, that's that's kind of a consequence of something small or it could be perceived as small. But then if you have premarital sex, um, then the consequences are, I mean, it's all the ones you go through in, in, in school when they tell you to um, have quote-unquote safe sex. Um, it's like 
STDs, you got unplanned pregnancy, and um, not to mention you're you're gluing yourself to someone who's not your wife. Yeah. Um, all these kind of things. So both have consequences. Yes. Undoubtedly, because they're sin. Yeah. But one has kind of a lot, <laughs> like evidently, because even yeah. schools teach you about the, the issues with it, has a lot much greater consequences. Um, what else is there? Yeah, well, for example, if I, again, we've brought it up, if I stole a pencil from uh, a friend, that will yield minor consequences. <laughs> However, if I stole money from a trust fund that was allocated to 30 kids with special needs, <laughs> okay, that's very specific. <laughs> I have robbed 30 children of education okay and there is and then that then is a catalyst for further <laughs> for further sin so we see the differentiation between the two so what we're trying to emphasize is all sin results in us seeking independence from god however other sins reap greater consequences which we've highlighted okay so this will then result in us giving differing responses okay so uh peter talk, talk to us about that there about uh, if i committed the sin of uh Lust, as in I looked upon a woman with lust. How would you respond to that? But if I had sex with someone, how would you respond to that? Well, so in, in terms of lust, all, well, all sin in general, you have to confess to God. You, yeah. you confess when you sin. So that's justice with self. Justice with self. And uh, just with God as well, I guess. Yes. Because um, you're, well, you're already saved. Yes. And you can't be lost. Yes. But in, in the process of sanctification, you need to be just, yes. justified, justified in God's eyes. Um, so you confess your sin to God, and then you confess your sins to others. So again, Luke and I have talked on about community groups. Um, yeah. We confess our sins to others. So then those people can keep us accountable so that we don't sin again. Yeah, bringing your sin into the light. Yeah, and with lust especially, you need to catch it early, yeah. or else it can progress and progress, and then it becomes a habit or an action. So you catch lust early by confessing it to others and letting them keep you accountable. In regards to premarital sex, um, if it's, again... Same process, confess to God, confess to others, but then you need to put boundaries in place so that same sin doesn't happen again. So whether that's um, uh, you, you don't see the person when you're by, by, like alone with each other. Mm -hmm. Like these things may sound uh, extreme, but that's the, we've seen how holy God is. Like yeah. we don't want to do anything yeah. that can lead to negative consequences. Yeah, if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. Yeah, and so. all you're doing is spending time with them in the presence of other people, not alone. Yeah. Okay, so again, Peter just literally highlighted that framework. So for the the, per, the couple who had sex outside of marriage, that there is the sin that results in independence from God, number one. However, the implications and effects could be unwanted pregnancy. It could be sexually transmitted diseases. It could be an intimacy that clouds their judgment in the future. Um, and then the response then to that is going to be different. Again, it's going to require a lot more stringent measures to be taken into place so that doesn't escalate. It's going to re uh, result in reconciliation between that person and yourself. Uh, and it's it's going to have a, a very profound impact and is going to result in, in, in something different. Whereas the person who looked upon a woman with lust, they saw independence from God. And they should have hatred towards that sin. However, the implications and effects are limited to them and them alone. Uh, they must deal with that internally and confess that. And then again, they might respond by putting up different boundaries, etc. Uh, but again, we talked about uh, murdering someone, hating someone in your heart, but then actually taking someone's life. Again, there's different consequences for each action. And then that resolves different responses. So that is justice with others. Yeah. And the pattern seems to be whenever there are others involved, greater kind of barriers or greater 
kind of implications have to be taken so that yeah. the sin doesn't happen because you're not just affecting yourself you're affecting others yeah and it talks about being a stumbling block yes. in, in, in the Bible and the consequence of that um, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to lay out the consequences for that <laughs> do you remember uh, that's they should have a milestone tied around their neck and then thrown into the ocean yeah so quite quite drastic one you tested me there. I was nervous yes. for that one. Okay, so... Well that's, well, that's specifically for a Christian who needs another Christian astray. That's, that's a specific example, if you want it. Uh, okay, so um, sum that up. Sum that up, Peter. What, how, you, you said a good line to me whenever we were discussing this. Yeah, so all sin is equal in that it leads to death and separation from God. All sin is equal in that regard. However, all, sin is not all equal in its consequences and punishments. God will punish sin differently, and the sins you commit will have different consequences for you and for those around you. That's how I would kind of summarise it. Perfect. And so we've concluded that the uh, justice in society, how does the judicial system um, uh, deal with uh, sin and uh, with regards to that and punishment? Uh, we've talked about justice in God and how God deals with sin. We've talked about justice with self and how you should deal with sin. And we've talked about justice in others and how we should view other people's sin and our own uh, and how we uh, should respond with regards to that. Um, so guys, thanks so much for 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 listening and we shall see you next week for another podcast.